Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger, and today I'm talking with celebrity chef Eric Ajapong. You may recognize him from his many TV appearances on Top Chef, Food Network, and more. But you probably didn't know that he's also a health expert with a master's degree in international public health nutrition from the University of Westminster in London. He's here to inspire us to eat with an open mind. Listen to find out the multitude of ways that can make your life better. Eric Ajapong, thank you so much for being here. It is great to connect with you. I feel like I know you already, even though I've never met you. <laughs> Ellie, what's going on? How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm doing great. And I have to tell you that I love watching you host Alex versus America on the Food Network. <laughs> I know we have a new season coming up. You do such a great job. And Alex is a friend of mine from the Food Network world. And I adore her. And I love your connection that you have with her on the show. Yeah. And it makes me feel like I know you, which is one of the reasons why I feel this <laughs> connection with you, Eric. <laughs> well, it's all a family. Anybody who's friends with Alex, I feel like is 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 family internally as well. Alex, she she's a very uh, like you mentioned, she's a, a, a wonderful person. She's a softy. She's a um, a tough cookie to crack, uh, but she's an amazing competitor. And it's I've been learning so much as even standing just so close to her, watching the show and watching her kind of move. Um, it's been awesome. So uh, one, once again, number one, thank you so much for having me. I'm really uh, a big fan of yours as well and um, excited to be here. So um, another thing we have in common that is, I think, pretty rare is that we both have master's degrees in nutrition and <laughs> are ha have this Food Network connection. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty rare thing. I didn't realize mm -hmm. until kind of recently that you had your master's in public health. Yeah. Um, in public health nutrition. And I'm, I was so excited about that because I, I feel like we need more of that being brought to the table, particularly in the food media. It seems to be yeah. a kind of ignored corner. And, and it comes back to your, your one real good thing, which I do want to dive into. And that is eat with an open mind, which I just love that. And there's so much there. But I mm -hmm. wanted to start off with this question. How do you feel that your educational background informs your work in the media it may not be obvious to most people and it may, yeah. maybe it doesn't even maybe you consider it two separate things i know how it does for me but i would really love <laughs> to hear how it does for you i use it as a tool um, and not necessarily um like the entire kind of like spiel or the the, the reason why i'm on television um i think food is all encompassing i think it's meant for uh comfort it's meant for uh, celebrations meant for gluttony. It's meant for health reasons. It's meant for you know nutrition. Um, so where we come from, you and I, at least specifically in that world of nutrition, um, not to say that we can't you know uh, binge eat or you know enjoy a good chocolate or whatever. You know we can still um, we can still enjoy these uh, two worlds. Uh, but I use the tool. I use nutrition as a tool, especially on TV, just to help inform. I think it's an excellent backbone to understanding ingredients, understanding a dish, understanding what it does to our metabolism, our bodies, um, our psyches as well. Uh, so it's really all encompassing. It's it's more of a holistic thing. Um, and I think the more I the more I know about food, the more I can speak with authority to the folks out in the world with it or about it. 
Um, and I think people trust that. People want to know uh, from people who know what they're talking about, who have, you know, who've experienced the food, who've, uh, who've, who've learned about things. Um, and I think I come from that boat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you, I'm sure this bothers you too, but how many times in the media I've heard a chef who doesn't necessarily know about nutrition per se say, oh, this is healthy or say nutritional information <laughs> yeah. that's completely not on target. So at least if mm -hmm. we know it's coming from Chef Eric, then it is on target. <laughs> but I think the other thing that you kind of touched on is that nutrition, I think people who are really educated in nutrition know that nutrition doesn't mean everything has to be quote unquote yeah. healthy, but that we take mm -hmm. a wider angle view of well-being and 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 nutrition and sometimes and, and what is healthy of well-being and health. Mm -hmm. This wider angle view. So sometimes what is healthy is actually eating that piece of cake. Correct. Sometimes yeah. that's the healthiest <laughs> yes, thing you yes. can do. Because yeah. I mean, I think that that's a very interesting aspect of this conversation. Um, and that's something that I try to bring up a lot on this podcast and in my work in general is that no one thing is healthy, that it's really just a matter of looking at the whole wide spectrum of behaviors and foods and, and culture, and it all really comes together. Um, totally. So you're one real good thing. Eat with an open mind. So how does this help? Why is, yeah. what, is what does that mean? And how does it help? You know, with the one good, one real good thing in even eating with an open mind, um, I'm going back to the fact that, you know, uh, it, with health, nutrition, with food, um, we eat every day and we have to not only just eat for subsidence, you know, keep our bodies moving, but there has to be almost like a, a bigger holistic kind of conversation that happens, has to happen with our food, um, especially when we have time to actually sit down and, and be communal and enjoy our time and enjoy each other's company. Um, and eating with an open mind comes with all of that. It's about culture. It's about nutrition. It's about um, uh, sustainability as well. Eating local is super important to me, um, making sure that you're supporting, supporting your local farmers, uh, supporting your local agriculture. Uh, but then eating cultural as well is, for, is very much eating with an open mind as well. Um, going out and trying foods from different places of the world, uh, going to different restaurants that you've never been to, really like expanding yourself uh, culinary-wise just to understand uh, what life may be like for someone, you know, on the other side of the world. I think when it comes to food, or even when it comes to just human communication, food and probably music are the best two, like, forms of, like, me understanding where someone else is from without actually knowing the language or actually, you know, being there for, uh, or living there, if that's the case. So I think food is an awesome, like, gateway through just understanding people and and, and getting a better context of, of who we are um, and how we can even be closer, you know, in some regards. And then last but not least, as we mentioned, nutrition as well. Um, there's so many things that like we, we talk about nutrition and it, there's so many thoughts about it has to be no salt, low sodium, and, you know, it has to be extremely healthy and non, you know, non flavorful. And that's not necessarily true. Like you mentioned, Ellie, like you can have a piece of cake and that could literally be the best thing for you at that moment. Um, and eating that type of open mind and, and, and more treating nutrition and food more holistically rather than a very like narrow, someone's kind of like shunning you type of feel. Um, it should really be something about uh, moderation, number one, um, enjoyment, lifestyle, uh, and how everything kind of fits within your body. How do you feel after you eat a certain thing? Like we have to be a little bit more mindful about that. Oh, yeah, it's so true. And so there's so much to unpack here, because I think what you really started off for me with this eating with an open mind 
is being open-minded toward other people's cultures and be tasting mm. food is, is a, is a route to that. And that is a yeah. route to expanding your horizons and growing your community and becoming more close with your community and more cohesive with the people around you and the people that you're living with in your little broader circle. Yes, and, exactly. and I think that's huge. It's huge to our well-being. And so I would love to tap into that aspect of this a little bit more because you really bring that sure. to the table from your your heritage, which is Ghanaian, West mm -hmm. African. Mm -hmm. And actually, mm -hmm. it's funny because I was just on this Facebook Live thing with a bunch of chefs and yeah. um, Andrew Zimmer, Zimmerman was there um, as the host. And we were talking and they asked us on this Facebook Live what... Um, is the, the food that's the hottest type of food right now. And I picked mm. West African because it's been like <laughs> hanging on my radar like crazy. Yeah, and I've been yeah. tasting it and I've been really turned on to West African food. So, <laughs> so I think that's something you really bring to the table as well. So tell us about that. And in terms of how you've seen maybe people approach this food with an open mind and how they've been wowed by it or whatever. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun. I come from a very biased um, background when it comes to West African food. That's the first, like, as far as what my palate was acclimated to, those spices, those flavors, those combinations. Uh, that's where I grew up eating. Uh, my my family's from West Africa. Uh, so I, I was the first person born here in the States uh, from my family. And if you can imagine that coming from a very traditional West African Ghanaian home, uh, the, the smells, the aromas, the, the food that's being cooked, a lot of stews, a lot of like braising, a lot of long, um, long cooking process. And then we would eat a bunch of like swallows and um, things like fufu and banku and, and rice and um, all these things. Now that I'm uh, I'm so happy to be a, a chef that I can pick up and and um uh, use as inspiration as well. And then also to, 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 to that degree, um, being a chef that was growing up in New York city in a very eclectic neighborhood where I had uh, Jewish, uh, um, friends and neighbors, I had Italian Jewish uh, friends and neighbors, I had Hispanic and, you know, Caribbean, it was all there. So I'm, I'm so, so glad and, and privileged, uh, to, to kind of grow up in this industry, uh, with that background, um, in mind. But with West African food specifically, um, and eating with an open mind and being uh, and, and culture being so important to me, um, I pick up from all those things. You know, I, I pick up from all those experiences. Going home and and eating, uh, you know, jollof rice, or even going to my friend's house and eating pernil, and you know, my Haitian friend's family and eating pernil and and uh, and griot and and rice and beans and things like that. These are all things that I I like. I take as inspiration. West African food specifically to me, though, is um, Oh my gosh! It's like the it's the the intro to the diaspora uh, when it comes to the Caribbean food, when it comes to South American food, when it comes to American South food uh, as well. There's so many great uh, flavors and things that we as Americans might even often think are very traditional uh, American dishes. Shrimp and grits is a very West African uh, dish. Gumbo literally means okra in uh, in Senegal. It's a, it's a West African dish. So these classic staples you can see through the through lines um, and how. Uh, uh, either through migration, through slavery, through through anything, um, these these foods and these dishes have kind of like set um, their own kind of like uh, um, path here in America and, and and kind of become foundational pieces to our culinary uh, um, lexicon, so to speak. So I I, I love that, and I I, I want to kind of celebrate that as much as possible and speak from the highest mountaintop about West African food and the ingredients and, and the use of all of that. Because, uh, like you mentioned, I really do think that it has a, a seat at the table. It's I say this with almost every single interview, but 
Um, it, it amazes me that Africa being the second biggest continent in the world, uh, yet the food is so unknown is, is, a, is a travesty, right? So we really want to, I do, uh, really want to celebrate um, everything that comes from Africa because it's, a, it's a, lot of, a lot of delicious foods for sure. <laughs> oh, there for sure is. And, and I couldn't agree more. And I do think that is changing and you are helping change that and bring it here. So thank you for that. And oh my, gosh, um, oh my gosh, I just got turned on to Fonio, which is so accessible now. And it's so easy to make. Yeah. It's a it's a whole grain and it's mm-hmm. fluffy and light and it's just lovely and it cooks up so quickly. So if so you have fast, yeah. if you see Fonio in the store, <laughs> folks, definitely pick some up. Um, but uh, but I like what you're saying in a way. Also, you're connecting it back to foods that we're familiar with, perhaps like shrimp and grits and so mm-hmm. on, because on your website, you say that eating with an open mind, one way to get there is to connect it to things that you're already familiar with. And I think when people are thinking, well, how exactly do I eat with an open mind? Maybe I'm a picky eater, or maybe I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if I want to taste it. First of all, I have to say, sometimes I post a recipe and people may not be familiar with it. And they're like, well, I guess I could try it. I'm like, you know what? The stakes are not very high here. (laughs) <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> you're just making a dish. It's probably not hugely expensive ingredients. You might it might not be your favorite thing, but it might be. Yeah. And you're probably not going to hate it. <laughs> so I mean, at <laughs> le- so I feel like just go for it. It's one of these small like little risks in life yeah. that can yield like mm-hmm. such beautiful benefits. And the worst thing yes. that happens is it's not your favorite thing, and then you maybe give it to your neighbor or something. And yeah, and you move on. You know, it's funny. I can answer that or I can reply to that in two different ways. I was speaking with a good friend of mine uh, this week and she was asking me about like just experimenting in the kitchen. Like you just have a random bunch of stuff, uh, spices, condiments, whatever, uh, things in a freezer. And she's like, how do you just like get inspired to just make something? Um, and I'm like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to even make a mistake. You know what I mean? Like get in there and you will learn regardless whether you make something really delicious or it comes out like, uh, it's not that best. Like it's not the best. You know what flavor combinations not to uh, pair up with, you know what not to do uh, moving forward and you're learning something. And I think right there is just get out of your comfort zone. Just, just go and do it. Uh, and then the second way I can answer that is culturally is absolutely. I think again, we, music, excuse me, uh, food is probably the only um, medium artistically that kind of uh, captures all five senses, right? We smell the food, we hear the sizzle, we see the food, obviously, uh, we're tasting it, we're touching it. So like doing that in a different sense, in a different culture, uh, or experiencing that, even if you're sitting down in a restaurant for an hour and a half, and you're getting, um, I don't know, an, uh, an Indian dish, or you know, uh, an Ethiopian dish, uh, where it's presented to you differently, your the textures are different, you're using your using your hands a little bit more often, right? There's a little bit more visceral reactions to the heat, you know, exactly when something's hot, and when to put it in your mouth, all these things kind of like, invoke different types of senses in you. And I think it's super important as, uh, as an adventurous eater, but anyone who is just a, a global citizen to, to really like do yourself the service to expand and try different foods. And like you mentioned, even if you don't like it, um, you tried it, and you have an understanding and you can always pass it over to your neighbor. Um, but it's very, very important to, to be versed. I, I truly believe so. And the better you are, the more versed you are, the better you are as a human. I completely agree. And then you really can connect with people because sometimes even if I'm like in a cab and I'm talking to the cab driver and they're from yes, 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 wherever, they're always from somewhere cool. And then I can say like, oh, I love that food. I've had this or I've tried this or, and it's just this really great connecting point. And and it kind of makes your world smaller and more intimate and more personal. 
Um, 100%. So now I love that part. I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I, oh, no. Yeah, I love that. I love that part about the, the example that you mentioned. I mean, just being in the cab, you know, or Uber or whatever the case is. It's the easiest icebreaker. Um, it, it, it really puts two people who don't know anything about each other on the same level playing field as well. And we can connect. Um, I absolutely love that example. Really good call. Yeah, that was a good call. <laughs> um, and so now uh, part of your original answer about why eat with an open mind, I think you started to talk a little bit about what healthy is. And I think what's interesting about that to me <laughs> is that people have a very certain mindset around what is healthy. And they also sure. think it tastes bad. <laughs> so I think, when, <laughs> exactly, yeah. and I think, and for good reason sometimes, because I think a lot of times, so if I'm going to go into a store and I buy the muffin that is healthy, I usually hate it. It usually tastes horrible. Um, or I should say it might not even be healthy. It's like build as healthy. Um, and I think right. this is a problem or like the, the lower sodium products are so low in sodium that they just don't taste good. Mm -hmm. And so people right. think that when they're eating healthy, you know, they have a very, they walk into the healthy world of eating with a very preconceived notion as sacrifice and deprivation. And I think yeah. this folds in because, well, what I have to tell you one time I was on an airplane and sitting next to the person sitting next to me start, strikes up a conversation and asks me, you know what I do? And I say that I'm a chef uh, and I cook, oh, what kind of food do you make? I'm like, well, I'm a nutritionist and I make food, delicious food that happens to be good for you. And he goes, yeah. Oh, too bad. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> like <funny>. really? <laughs> it's the mindset though. It's 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 so funny. But you know, I think with with food and, and nutrition and diet and all that, we also have to realize that the best kind of um uh indicator, the what the one that's telling us the most to do, the one that's really kind of pushing us uh, to eat certain things is ourselves. We have to listen to our bodies. We have to really listen to the way we metabolize or realize the way we metabolize foods and how we feel. You know, diet and, and nutrition is not a monolith. We, we think about it as such, but it isn't. It's not one size fits all. Every individual is completely built differently. Um, and we have, to we have to approach food um, in that regard as well. Yeah. So I, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, gentleman on the plane and, and that story. Um, because uh, we we always think about nutrition, as I was mentioning, as like a, a big monolith and it's this big gray cloud of like flavorless food. <laughs> and it's not necessarily that. We one, have to listen to our bodies and think about food um, and nutrition more holistically, like we were mentioning that we were talking about before. So everything in moderation and even that needs to be like controlled as well. If you drink too much water, that can be bad for you. You know what I mean? So we have to kind of focus on uh, foods that make us feel good, foods that are actually good for us, the timing in that we eat it, um, the, the, the frequency in that we eat these foods, and really our lifestyle and our, our behavior around said foods as well. Um, you can have something delicious that's very, very good for you. It's completely possible. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we're in the business of doing that all the time. I built my whole life around that. So we yeah, it better be true. <laughs> I'm really in trouble if that's not true. Um, but absolutely. And I think that even if you think you don't like something, I think the idea of thinking of taste and preference as something that's malleable and flexible as opposed to something that's static. And I found this, especially when dealing with children, like they'll taste something and make a weird face and say, maybe even they're old enough to say, I don't like it. And then yeah. I say, oh, you don't like it this time. 
And mm-hmm, so just mm-hmm. opening your mind to this notion of yes. maybe you don't like this preparation or this particular version of this, but maybe you would like, if you don't like raw carrots, maybe you would like them cooked. Maybe you would like them pureed. Mm-hmm. Maybe you would like them in a muffin. Maybe you would like them with dip. So I, yes, I think yeah, this yeah. notion that taste is also so eating with an open mind in that taste, you can be open-minded to different experiences with the same ingredient. And I yes. think that applies to grown-ups too. Um, for me, it's mushrooms because I'm weird <laughs> with mushroom texture, but I oh love- Oh my God, we are the same person. We are literally the same person. That's crazy. I'm the same thing. I, I can't, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. because No, I'm, you I'm right go. I want to hear. I want to hear <laughs> I, a simpatico I, about- it's the mushrooms for me is it's the texture, but I love the flavor that like the depth, the umaminess, that like that real kind of earthiness that you get from, from mushrooms, but the texture is so hard for me to get over. Totally. And so a lot of, so I, a lot of times I wouldn't like it if you just hand me a big portobello mushroom that's been on the grill, right, exactly. but I will yeah. love it if that's in a soup, chopped up in a soup and pureed or in a so, sauce yes, or yes, yes. mushrooms that have been, um, cooked and and brown to the point that they're a little crisp. Mm-hmm. So I yep. think that that notion that you don't have to like a food all the time, but you might like it next time. Yeah, 100%. You know, even on a very small uh, uh, scale, I talk, I think about my daughter, she's four years old, and she's getting into like, cooking and wanting to help out in the kitchen and things like that. And just eating and just understanding uh, product place, uh, product identification, right? Knowing that apple and knowing what an apple can do. She has a hard time like biting into a raw like granny smith apple but then i'll make an applesauce and she's blown away that this became that and she's like eating it up you know so much and she's like how can i not love this the raw apple but i love the applesauce itself and like just seeing her mind kind of like just kind of be blown essentially right then there right and she's like she's thinking that one thing can be transformed into another and she's enjoying it. She's really leaving an open mind. Like, okay, I can still like the apple. You know, I still want to try the apple. And she's still very curious about it. But right now she's on her applesauce kick. And that's okay too, you know? That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Right. That's awesome. And this really leads perfectly into your children's book that you yeah. just, um, that you're putting out. I guess it's coming out in the fall of 2023. Excellent. So excited, yeah. Um, I'm sure your daughter had something to do with inspiring that. Tell us about the book. Very much. Oh my goodness. Um, it is really an ode to uh, to me as a child. And I, I guess I'm writing kind of a little love letter to myself. And um, when I was growing up, I never read a culinary book um, or fictional book or whatever that um, dealt with culture and dealt with uh, feelings and dealt with belonging. Um, and I felt like this was a really cool time to, to do so. I, read, I started writing it during the pandemic. Um, and you're right, my, my daughter definitely had a lot to do with it. She's actually, uh, her name at least is uh, one of the characters um, in, in the book. So just to give her a little uh, bit of a shout out. But the story is really uh, a tale kind of similar to mine's uh, of a kid growing up in New York City. Um, again, in a very eclectic uh, neighborhood, uh, different as far as culture and style and, and music and, and, and the people that were um, that lived there. And um, he's coming into his own. There's a potluck at school. He's he's has to bring something from home, and he's kind of feeling a little bit nervous about it. Uh, while everyone else is talking about the foods that you know are are so iconic, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, the um, uh, uh, the, the the you know all the amazing like dishes that you think are so iconic uh, to different cultures. Um, and he's kind of having a, an issue kind of bringing up his food as well. 
So the story really kind of blossoms into him coming home and and understanding where he comes from, understanding his roots. Uh, he goes on this really cool uh, market trip with his grandfather, and um, everything kind of just comes back to that potluck the next uh, the next week. And he's enjoying everything, um, and he's feeling really good about himself as far as the food that he's presenting and things like that. And this is so important to me because I felt that not necessarily shame, but you know, when people are not very familiar, then people start to ask questions that can be a little bit awkward and you know kind of grandstanding and things like that especially as a child or a kid um and and i love the fact that i can um, not only speak to myself but then also speak to a lot of first generation uh americans regardless of where you come from and we all know that those stories we all have those uh very similar backgrounds as far as like uh acclimating to you know a, a, an american lifestyle but still very keeping hold but still keeping strong to a um you know a, a cultural uh backing that is so strong you know what i mean my my mom and my dad are west african to the to the core um and and that dichotomy so to speak of, of growing up in new york city was really interesting for me so that's all in the book i'm really excited to, that it comes out um i Never thought I'd be adding author to my uh, my name and my CV, but here we are. <laughs> but it's been pretty cool, and I'm uh, enjoying every step of it. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Sounds amazing. I can't wait to take a look at it. And is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we wrap up? Oh wow! Thank you, thank you so much. I had a blast. I would thank you so much for for inviting me over um, the book. Oh my goodness, I uh will be continuing to just uh scream and just celebrate this book as much as possible it comes out in october uh on the third uh this year and working on my other cookbook as well that'll be out next year alex versus america season three airs um in april april 16th and some other things that are really exciting happening with food network uh some shows that are coming up in the summer um and Big, big partnerships. Uh, I wish I could say all of it, but I'm going to drop a little tease. Um, really cool and exciting things happening in the future. So, yeah. Very mm -hmm. fun. And so people can find you and, and on your website, which is? Yes. Thank you so much. So it's uh, www.chefadjapong.com, A-D-J-E-P-O-N-G. Um, as far as press is concerned, as far as uh, events that are being updated and happening very soon, um, all of that is on the website. And yeah. To contact me. <laughs> Very exciting. I'll also have a link to it on my website, um, on this page, on the podcast page links. So thank you so much, Chef Eric Adjapong, oh for joining me. It's been a delight course, to talk with you. And I hope we can connect again soon and, and meet in person. Absolutely. Now that I know you're in New York, we have to for sure, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Take care. Take care now. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to approach eating and cooking with more of an open mind. I know I am. And I hope you'll join me next time for another one real good thing.